it's sometimes it could be very collaborative, like I just did with these people. Others could be joint venture partners, which I'm a big, huge fan of. And we actually come what's called an event chain, like who can refer business to you, who's down below you, and then who you can refer business to above. And you have a referral fee, a whole referral program. It's not like, hey, Chuck, can you hopefully send me someone as a referral, please? Like a networking group. This is kind of like, you're going to go, hey, Steve, I got this person. Let me introduce you to them. I'm sending them to you right now. That's a JV partner. Because you might create problems that I solve, and I'm going to create problems that someone else has to solve. Hey, it's Chuck here, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode. And I just want to take this quick moment right now to let you know about our free collaborators toolkit. And this episode is all about partnership and collaboration. And our guests share many resources, tools, and things that you can use to make collaboration and partnership easier in your business. So if you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, this free collaborators toolkit is gonna contain the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. And these tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for. And they're gonna help you to solve everyday business challenges and access highly effective ideas that can help and grow your business exponentially. I know they've helped me and I know they're gonna help you as well. And the best part about these tools is that they're completely free. And our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to the show. So you can get access to all of the resources contained inside the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting the website at www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Go ahead and register today, get access to all the resources, and I'm going to see you on the inside. Now, here's the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Chuck Anderson here, and I'm joined by another amazing guest that you're going to learn a lot from. And we were just chatting here before the show, and uh, uh, we're, we're going to talk about some things that a lot of people don't really think about and uh, are just are really obvious for people like us who've done it a few times. And, you know, hindsight's 2020. So So please welcome Steve Beld to the show. Steve, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, before we dive into you know the topic and 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 we've got some stories to share here, uh, I think a great place to start is just you know introduce yourself to everyone, uh, who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm. Most people call me Biz Coach Steve, and I'm a business marketing strategist. So I work primarily with coaches, small business owners, and entrepreneurs helping them achieve that six and elusive seven figures without burning themselves out. And I've owned and operated seven businesses and turned three others around. And my passion is actually small business owners and entrepreneurs. I'm tired of seeing the failure rate, helping them succeed. 
Exactly. And, it, and it's sad because, I, I mean, some of these, I mean, businesses are amazing. The people who run them are amazing. They have these. It always starts with this idea that you're super enthusiastic about uh, potentially world changing ideas, life changing ideas. And then they're just for some reason not able to get past the obstacles and the roadblocks and the challenges that go along with that. And sadly, we see some really amazing ideas and really amazing people go out of business. That's it. And it just kills me because without small business owners, the whole world economy is done. I mean, no matter how you want to look at it, you got to think 96, 97% of all businesses in the world are small business owners. Absolutely. Well, as small business owners that really innovate and uh, and come up with some ideas that, you know, the bigger companies really aren't into innovation. They don't they don't do startup. They do acquisition, which, you know, we'll we'll talk about acquisition a little bit later on, but uh, in a little bit of clue of where we're going with our topic today. But but absolutely. And, and if it wasn't for small business owners and that's why we do this show, because we want to inspire small business owners to be able to become big business owners and to really see their vision through to, you know, the size and the, uh, and the, and the amount of impact that it's capable of, of, of reaching. So, so that's one of the reasons we're here. So, so, so Steve, how did you get into doing this? What, what was, what was sort of your journey that led you to working with small business owners in this capacity? Yeah, we, I don't know how long ago, but I had a job. I was brought on to, as the fifth employee to start up a new division for a company. And I started putting in the processes, doing the standard operating procedures, putting in all the metrics, everything. And then about five years into it, I realized no one's given me a performance review. No one manages me. And I went to the owner of the company. I'm like, what's going on with this? They're like, listen, we hired you for a reason. We just knew you're going to take over whatever you touch. And all we do is get the hell out of your way. Hmm. And they go, we're surprised you lasted five years with us. Because you're an entrepreneur. You're not an employee. So I lasted another five years after it was 5,000 employees. And I started my very first company working with startups in the tech sector, writing business and marketing plans, which led to coaching them for VC money. And it took off from there. And I wish I could say every business, I mean, I've owned and operated seven of them, turned around three. They haven't all been rainbows, unicorns, and sparkles. I mean, I'll I'll share the disaster stories if you like, but Mm -hmm. you learn, live and learn. Well, and not every business idea is a great idea, and uh, it might be more of a project than a business. It might be short-term opportunity, but it doesn't really have that longevity that a sustainable business really needs to have. And and so we all call it a business, uh, but really is it a business that is sustainable and scalable and can stand the test of time? And, uh, and, and many of them fail to kind of go through that proof of concept stage where, where, yeah, you might be able to sell a couple, but can you sell a thousand? Can you sell 10,000? Can you sell a million of the thing that you do? Exactly. My first company, all my clients were startups in the tech sector. And in 2001, the tech bubble burst and so did the business. <laughs> did what any entrepreneur would do is go in your bedroom, turn off lights and get in a corner and cry. And couple of days later, epiphany hit. There's still businesses out there in this sector that are damaged. 
So I went out and started consulting with them, started my next company within a week. Well, and I think that that's something as well that we've really has really had a spotlight put on it in the last two years with with everything that's gone on with the pandemic and everything like that. I mean, I remember my first business, it was it was in the the long distance phone calling industry, which really does not exist anymore. And that's it. Like it was a great opportunity at the time. And, you know, we, we got almost 10 years out of it. But then once the internet came, it evolved. And I think one of the takeaways for us was that, you know, you really have to kind of evolve with the technology, you have to evolve with the demand. Uh, And, you know, a service that is, that is really relevant today may not be a relevant service 10 years from now, but and I think that's where we really have to pay attention to what others are doing and, you know, where where's the industry and the opportunities going. Absolutely. We could talk about all the companies that are all gone. You know, buggy whip industry was the hottest thing at one point in our history. Where are they now? <laughs> well, exactly. And if you don't pivot or if you don't evolve, then eventually you're out of business. And so. Uh, now, part of that and, and our goal to help entrepreneurs with their sustainability and their scalability and all that is, is this theme of collaborating and partnering with others. And uh, as a, what I like to describe myself, Steve, as a reformed do-it-yourselfer, and, uh, and, and anytime I've tried to do everything myself, it was a re- recipe for disaster and any time, I like what you said about the the bosses that you had, where it's just like, look, Steve, we just tell you what we need, and we get out of your way, and you do it. And uh, and that's what's great about partnering and collaborating. You find the partner, or you find the piece of the puzzle you need, connect to that piece, and then get out of the way. And so, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I believe in partnerships. Once I started really bringing partnerships in my business, I start my eyes to wait a minute, where has this been, right? Like I just hit this brand new thing in my world and the partners I had, it was new to them as well. So it evolved, we had our hiccups and it was amazing. It turned into something even bigger and it actually helped grow all of our businesses. I don't know if we want to talk about it now. I mean, a lot of the people I partnered up with was they were actually my competitors. And I know it sounds crazy, but Partnering up with them did so many things. First of all, we got we all bought the same cost of goods, same materials. Why not go into a co-op? And I even found related industries who use the same materials. And we'd buy in bulk. So instead of buying a case of tape, we buy a, a pallet of tape at an one-sixteenth of the price. And here we are coming in like, hey, I want one, one, one box. Here's my 20 bucks versus... Here's my, I have to buy one box and here's a hundred bucks. Not only that, we got to share resources. We'd pass business back and forth. And then we find out, found out other ways how we can help each other. And we're competitors because we were in the same industry in a lot of us, but we did things differently. So you might do something a little bit different. I'm in coaching. You might do leadership coaching. Well, great. I would pass someone who needs leadership coaching, not overall business. And, you know, it was the best relationship and we all grew our cost of goods shot through, well, fell right through the roof, through the floor and our profits increased 
And then when there was tough times for some of the businesses, guess what? They now have a group of people who know, like, and trust them that they can get support from. So were you in a similar business or would you say that you're in the same business competing, doing the exact same thing? I mean, I, uh, when I did that first collaboration, we were actually in this exact same industry. So I went to my competitors within a 10 mile radius. Talk about going in the lion's den. <laughs> but then I started finding other businesses that use the same like materials and reached out to them, told them what I'm doing. They all thought I was crazy, but I wanted to reduce my costs. That's what was my primary goal. Let's buy in bulk and reduce costs. But the more we all started doing it, they started expanding, bringing more people in, and we were buying more and less cost. And it, was, it just started to grow. And we couldn't believe that we created something out of one call of me just walking in going, listen, you don't know me. I don't know you. Can we partner up and buy some stuff together so we can reduce our costs? And they thought I was nuts. Well, and I, and I, and I love that uh, because most people would not think of contacting their competitor and saying, hey, you and I, we're both doing the same business. We're both buying the same things. And, you know, there's an opportunity for us to save money and make more money if we actually collaborate on this on this on this piece. And, you know, that's to, to me, it's, it's very logical. Uh, you'd have increased buying power. Uh, your, your costs would go down, uh, better inventory control and, you know, higher profit margin on both sides. You both win. Oh, yeah. We even started getting really creative after a little while. So like you might carry like inventory A and I'll carry inventory B. So we're not carrying both A and B. I need something from you. I'll just go get the one little piece I need and vice versa. Our cost, I mean, it was just like, wow. I mean, everything started lowering. And how I found this out was I'm helping my supplier unload the truck of my stuff. I'm like, who's all that stuff for? Because it's the same stuff I just bought. Mm. What do you mean? They're just going down the street. Down the street. <laughs> I'm like, what's his name? And then the next morning, I bet that guy's knocking on his door. Well, that answered the question I was going to ask you. It's like, you know, how, how did, I mean, you, you might, if you're in a business, you probably know who your competitors are. But it was interesting that uh, just that, that inspiration to ask the truck driver, hey, who's that stuff for? Yeah. And right, realizing it's all the same stuff that you're buying. Yeah. And I, once the truck driver realized, like, all of a sudden I'm buying like tape on a, every week, one box every single week. And then now I'm not buying at all. So he's like, okay, what's going on? I'm like, oh, well, I've partnered up and we're buying a pallet now. And he goes, you know what? There's two other stores that I deliver to. Let me see if they're open to like getting in on this. And they give me their names. And the next thing you know, it just started growing. And it was the truck driver. And I'm like, isn't this easier? You take one, two pallets to one location versus mini boxes all over the place. He's like, oh man, I don't know what to do with the extra two hours I have a day. The so there's another win because it makes his job easier. And now did he actually mention this to the others or did he just give you their, their name? He just gave me their information because okay. he knew if it went back to the warehouse, the party would be over. Oh, because they would have rather just had you as four separate yeah. customers buying the small amount at a higher right. price rather than buying four of you combining to buy pallets of exactly. goods at a at a lower price. So we went 
So eventually we got to one of the businesses that bought the most of like one item. And they went in and negotiated with the vendor going, listen, I'm going to buy this monster size and I'm going to turn around and sell it to my competitors. So don't worry about it. You're still making your money. And meanwhile, we're all laughing like, yeah, our costs just dropped like there's no tomorrow. Wow. Wow. So you so your costs drop now, you instantly see that increase in profit margin as well, because you're, you're still selling to your customers and your competitors still selling to their customers. But now your cost of goods has decreased by X percent and and you're enjoying that. And, and it was great. So let's say, you know, I run out of tape and I don't get the delivery until two days. I just need enough to get me through two days. I can just run over to one of my competitors. Let me get two two rolls off you. When we get the order, I'll just throw them on here. Okay. Wow. I mean. So now you've got four competitors kind of all working together and helping each other to coexist and to all succeed and thrive. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love how, you know, that, that, you know, coming back to the idea of this was crazy and, you know, that original conversations like, because not most people would not think to reach out to their competitors. It's something that I've done before. So, so hindsight being twenty twenty, I I can completely see the value in what you're doing. But the first time that you do it, uh, you might even think you're a little nuts, <laughs> you know, oh. to start with. It's like people don't do this, but you know what? Why not? Why not just go and ask for something and see what happens? The worst thing they could have said is get out of my store. That would be the worst thing. And guess what? I'll still live. Mm-hmm. But they, some of them did. And while they saw this going on in the vent, the truck driver's like, man, you, gotta, you know, these guys are all buying one big order. Now they're like, uh oh, what did I miss out on? Mm. So the truck driver's helping you to, to get everyone else uh, on board. Yeah, we <laughs> joked it was our you know, non-formational co-op. <laughs> right? That's amazing. So so he becomes an evangelist for you and just starts saying, hey, you guys got to get on, get in on what these guys are doing. Yeah, he loved us because now he had blocks of time in the day where he wasn't driving because he already did his deliveries and he didn't want to bring on more stuff in it because he's just paid no matter what. So get it done fast or slow, he still gets the same amount. Mm-hmm. So to him, it's like, man, I get to go home, have lunch now. I'm really having fun with my wife and it was just like can you keep your mouth shut and we'll keep doing this (laughs) so not only did you collaborate with your partners but you collaborated with the truck driver as well to create an opportunity that that's amazing now um so think of that first conversation so so the first competitor thinks you know hey that's crazy you're my competitor what tell us a little bit about that the transition in that mindset and how that conversation how how did they go from thinking man, you're crazy to, hey, this, this could work. This is, this is a good idea. We should do this. Yeah, first couple, I mean, definitely told me to go where to put everything. But then the third one was like, okay, listen, introduce myself. Here's why I want to talk to you, to reduce our costs, because we both have that same problem. That's a problem we both have we want to be gone with. Here's a solution for that problem. Will you try it? Let's give it a 30-day trial. After 30 days, they're all like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize the bulk discounts. And I would actually grab their books. They had the same books as I did from our vendor. I open it up. Can you buy this much? I buy this much. Look how much it is now. 
And I would just show it to them. And they were just like, oh, boy, well, what do we do? And I go, I'll do the first order. So it's all on my dime. And then when you come pick it up, give me a check for your what you ordered. Fair enough. Great. So they didn't even have any costs out of their pocket. I you know, held all the risk of them not showing up. And once I did that a few times, next time I found the big fish, it was a sign company who had big bucks. And I said, we're going to do the orders through you. I'm going to introduce you to the vendor. So now I'm a hero to the vendor. And you're going to place a big order because you're a bigger company than all of us little fish. So it won't raise any flags. And I started thinking like that. And then they did it. And next thing our orders went down, their orders were already high. And just got bigger. And so now they're, yeah, exactly. Well, that, I, I love, I love how that went. And, the, and a big takeaway that I got from that, and, and I just want our, our listeners to really understand what just happened there, is that when you're having the conversation to an idea that was a really foreign idea, I mean, competitors are not usually thinking there every day, how can I coexist and collaborate and cooperate with my competitors? It's just, we're, we're taught to compete. We're tra- taught to win. It's like, you know, let's do more than that guy. But, but you know, th- that's not what's happened here. So there, this is not a natural thing. They, you're getting a little bit of resistance. What I heard you say is that you heard that resistance and said, hey, no problem. I'll place the first order. So you took away the objection. You made it easy for them to say yes. And it's like, so because I think if you tried to flip that the other way and try to get them to place the order, then they that mistrust, you know, that that, you know, that that red flag goes up. It's like, is he he came in here? Is he really going to buy half this inventory for right. me? And and uh, so you took all of that away. You took away the risk and you created a situation where as soon as you do that first deal and you do it right now you've built trust in, it sounds like the floodgates just opened from there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Getting that first one done. And then, you know, they're talking to other store owners and it just starts that snowball effect. And it was pretty darn amazing. And one thing I always, I've been teaching business owners for God knows how long is get to know your competitors. I mean, I went in all their stores. I knew them by their name. And then when the economic downturn hit, they're all like banging on my door. Can you buy me? Buy my business. No, because I know your business model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and in the during the last two years, there were definitely opportunities to acquire businesses. You oh, and I kind of had our, our chat about that. I know we acquired a couple uh, during that time as well. But you, you know, acquisitions a whole other ball game. You either acquire the entire business or you acquire the parts of the business that you need and you know like you were saying earlier uh inventory and customers i wanted their databases mm-hmm. and i knew probably 60 percent of all that each store's database was pure grade a garbage it was old it wasn't used i knowing that they would say okay i'll sell you my database a dollar per name i'm like no then i want to see all the records for all the current ones within the last 60 days and then they would like ooh freeze up and I go, okay, I'm going to give you a nickel for every name. Mm-hmm. That's my best deal. They're going, they're going bankrupt. This is the best deal on the table right now. Mm-hmm. So here's my nickels. 
I got the database. I already had deals worked out with the vendors since we were buying in such bulk that they were actually giving me money for marketing and marketing supplies. So it's like I already had the market material built. I just had to put a stamp on these bloody things and an address label. I was like, let's go. So it starts with a collaboration. You the the inventory got simplified, uh, lower cost, and then you ended up owning some of their business or their customer databases, and it just just kept evolving from there. I even won some awards from Organization for Entrepreneurial Development for this creativity idea because my cost of goods went from 35% down to 8%. So that, I mean, just to show you how significant that is. That goes to the bottom line, people. That goes right to the bottom line. And then another thing, I won Small Business of the Year in my city because of these kind of innovative changes. Extremely cool. And you weren't really doing it to get the awards, but it really, it, you know, it happened. Uh, and that comes from innovation. I mean, you found a way to lower your costs and increase your profit margin, which is pretty much what all of us as business owners strive to do. So, and you did that in, in a big, big way. Um, when you're coaching somebody, when you're coaching someone and you're telling them this story and they're saying, okay, well, Steve, uh, that's all well and good. Um, how do I do this? Uh, what you know? What do you first tell them to do uh, to look for those opportunities with their competitors? Yeah, sometimes it could be very collaborative, like I just did with these people. Others could be joint venture partners, which I'm a big, huge fan of. And we actually come what's called an event chain. Like, who can refer business to you? Who's down below you? And then who you can refer business to above? And you have a referral fee, a whole referral program. It's not like, hey, Chuck, can you hopefully send me someone as a referral, please? Like a networking group. This is kind of like, you're going to go, hey, Steve, I got this person. Let me introduce you to them. I'm sending them to you right now. That's a JV partner. Because you might create problems that I solve, and I'm going to create problems that someone else has to solve. So, for example, I grow someone's business, help them grow their business. They're going to have problems. They're going to now have a tax problem, an HR problem, an accounting problem. They might have a real estate problem, and it goes on and on. I'm not that expert, but guess what? When those problems now that I just created for this business growing, I have the right people. I can go, wait a minute. Let me get a hold of my friend Chuck here. Let's get him in your business. He's going to solve that problem that just came up. And now you get the business from my client and then pay me a referral fee. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, one, one thing that I'm really getting from you, Steve, is that you're always looking at that opportunity to, you know, that win-win. Like, you oh, know, yeah. you know what, what do you have that can help them and what do they have that can benefit you? And what's the best way to structure this so that we both come out ahead? I look at it, we're here for the clients, our customer. If it isn't in their best interest, then it's a loss, period. So it has to be win, win, and win. And that's the way I look at it. It's like, I have my clients, and when we found HR problems, like, I know an expert. All they do is HR, 24-7. That's their whole business. They need to come in, do your employee manual, do all this stuff. They're an expert there. That person comes into the business, cleans them up. My client is now thrilled to death because they just got a problem solved. 
And my partner, my JV partner, is thrilled to death because that's business they never had yesterday. So they're going to pay me that referral fee. But at the end, it's all about the client. Absolutely. Well, and it is all about the client. You know, how do they get their problem solved and how do they get what they need? So, so you know, some take, you know, I and I, and I know there's so many different tangents we could go on uh, with this and really unpack, teach a whole course about, about business and partnerships and collaborations. Uh, you know, some key takeaways that we're getting from the story definitely is know who your competitors are and, you know, take a look at, you know, what, what are the things that you're both doing that you're all doing and how could you uh, reduce costs? How could you do more, something more effectively or have you even solved problems or that that could benefit all of you uh, by working together? And so great story. And, you know, it that I think that's, it just continued to evolve to the point where, you know, additional opportunities come up, including the opportunity to uh, to buy their business when when that came up. So that's it. You're expanding your network. And I just did this with a company, it was a sign company, and they wanted to sell. We started looking at it. I'm like, wow, you're almost ready to sell now. You have all the pieces in place. And I go, who are you thinking about something? They go, I don't even know where to start. And I go, do you know all your competitors in like the state, in the region? They're like, well, of course. Well, are they always wanting to grow? Yeah. Why don't you reach out to them, take them to lunch, put out a feeler going, if I sold, would you buy? And she went to their first lunch and she just barely said the whole sentence. And they were like pulling out a checkbook. Wow. Because they knew them that well. They're like, I'm going to buy your business. You just name the price. And we already did the uh, professional valuation on it. And she marked it up 10% just because she wanted to. Guy couldn't cut the check fast enough. Wow. So she walks out of there with a check. With a check. Wow. And now they got to go get the lawyers involved to make it official. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, there's an old saying that says you don't get what you don't ask for. Right. And so here's someone who would have been open to buying your business. They're scared to ask you, hey, would you sell me your business? And you're in a business that you want to sell. And you're scared to say, hey, will you buy my business? And both of you are kind of thinking, hmm. Should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And just be the first one to open your mouth and just ask for what you want. And you might be surprised the person sitting next to you might be thinking the exact same thing, but you had the courage to say something and make something happen. That's it. And that came from a collaborative relationship over years of them knowing each other, working together, sharing on projects, sharing resources throughout the years. So they got to know, like, and trust each other. They knew each other's business models. And that's why she took this guy to lunch. She goes, I, if he took over my business, I'd feel great. Wow. Amazing. And done deal right there over <laughs> lunch, right? I so, lost a customer real fast. <laughs> <laughs> but you gained a friend for life. And oh, my gosh. She's so happy. <laughs> She's so happy now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So Steve, really awesome story. And I know we could spend so much more talking about all of that, but some great takeaways here already. Uh, one of the things that we like to leave our listeners with um, as we wrap up our episodes is, you know, in business and in life, we, we learn from a lot of different sources and we, and we grow our businesses and we grow ourselves. 
who's been the the most inspirational uh, leader or or source of information or guidance or mentorship for you? Who's been that person that you've been has been your go to to learn from? I would say it's Napoleon Hill, and I know a lot of people think Think and Grow Rich, but he has a lot of other books out there and a lot of other material. And every time I read it, like I read Think and Grow Rich at least once a year, and you should always be reading, real reading, and growing your knowledge base. But take what they learn and apply it to your business because they're they're giving you some gold in them hills, if you will. As they say, three feet, you're always three feet from gold. And it just kind of made me think differently and operate my businesses differently. And I believe fully in getting help in a mastermind group. And that really opened up my eyes to that. And that helped me a lot in my businesses. Wow. Napoleon Hill. That was the Think and Grow Rich was the very first business self-help book that I ever read. It's on my shelf. I endeavor to read it every year. I'd say it's more like every two years, but but it is there. It's well used. The cover's all torn and tattered. It's the, one of the old pulp, uh, the old pulp paper. Yeah. They don't really print books like that anymore on the old pulp paper, but you know, it's all smudged and everything, but but that's where you can tell where a book is well used and, and uh, a lot of really good golden nuggets in there. So uh, one of the things, Steve, that I also ask is, you know, what book do you recommend that everyone reads? So would Think and Grow Rich be that book? Or is there another book that you would recommend that is your go-to book? Yeah, that one was phenomenal and definitely changed my life. And I know many, many others. One book I read and I was told to read it was uh, Change or Die. So I went to a conference. I got this book and I'm flat riding on the plane. and reading the book. I couldn't get off the plane because I'm almost done on the book. Then while I'm at this conference, I actually came up with a game plan on how to change the business. When I got back to my city, I went in front of the board of directors. I go, okay, you guys recommend this book. I need to change or die. Here's my idea. And they were floored that I, that book changed the whole trajectory of the business. Wow. And sad to say, a lot of people were let go because they were on the bus. And we brought in the most amazing people in the world. And we changed our culture, <laughs> kind of like change or die. Wow. That's a great book. And uh, it's it, a great recommendation. I've not personally not uh, read that. And uh, I think I'm going to have to put that on my do read list. And so uh, great recommendation there. So, Steve, great, great nuggets of uh, information and inspiration, I think, here for our audience today. Um, for anyone who's listening right now and would like to connect with you and learn more about or you or even get some help because you are a business coach, after all, uh, how do they where's the best place for them to get a hold of you and to reach you? Yeah, I have, a, I call it my about page. So it's bizcoachsteve.com forward slash about. And it has everything about us, good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> it's how to contact us, all of our books, everything's on there. And I get, I do create a lot of content. And I'm like, please, if it'll help you in your business, please take it, use it. Don't opt in on that, all that stuff. YouTube's, it's, I'm here to help business owners. 
Well said. And, you know, we'll make sure that there's a link to that, you know, below beneath the video and the show notes of the episode and all the places that we're going to publish this. And so, Steve, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. If you're going to leave our audience with just one final piece of uh, wisdom or advice to go out and take action on and make a difference in their world, uh, what would you say to them? Get JV partners, joint venture partners, because it costs you this much. And it will change your business in a totally different light. It's not like going to a networking group and getting referrals. It's a solid strategy behind it. And I even have books. More than happy, download the free book. And it'll detail out how to create a joint venture within your business. Right. Definitely joint ventures has been huge for me. I echo everything you just said. Yes, yes, yes. Go get yourself a joint venture partner. And yeah, it's it's a no cost thing that you can do that can bring in a missing piece of your puzzle uh, right away. And so, Steve, thank you so much for that and everything that you've shared today. And to our valued listeners, I uh, hope you've learned something today. If this has resonated with you, please do reach out to Steve and uh, you know, ask him a question, uh, get on a call with him, uh, have him coach you through it, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, he's listed all the resources there. And do remember to tune in for our next episode. And until then, uh, keep moving forward, be awesome, and keep pursuing your big dream and that reason you started your business because it is possible and together everybody achieves more. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. This episode is brought to you by the Collaborators Toolkit. If you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, our free Collaborators Toolkit contains the best resources from our workshops as well as contributions from our guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday business challenges and to access highly effective ideas that can grow your business exponentially. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to our show. You can get free instant access to the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting our website at www.collaboratorsunite.com forward slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Register today and I'll see you on the inside.